You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to the Giants Flash. I'm Henry Shulman, the Giants beat reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle. Joined today by my Chronicle colleague, John Shea. We're going to talk about some jarring comments by Governor Gavin Newsom last week about sports in California. They could be interpreted to mean that there will be no baseball at Oracle Park in 2000, or the Coliseum for that matter. John and I will talk about the ramifications of that on a rebuilding team. Plus, John has an idea for a 30-team playoff if there actually is a shortened season. We're going to get into that and a lot more. First of all, I just want to know, John, how are, how are you holding up in the uh, hiatus? How are, how are you and your family? Yeah, in the Zoom era, uh, all well. Yeah. Uh, my my uh, high school student here is going through classes uh, as if it was a real class setting, and it's pretty impressive how they do that. So you can hear the lectures, you can see the teachers, you can tune in with all your classmates, and uh been getting uh, killed with homework, which is good. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know we we've become the Zoom generation at the Chronicle too. We you know like everybody mm-hmm. else uh, that uh, I mean that's a company that that becomes very important nowadays with that with that technology. Um, I, I should also point out you know uh, for those outside the Bay Area, we've had now three straight days of rain, and I pointed this out on Twitter the other day that uh, you know if there were baseball and you know it, it would be like a minor problem, but we probably would have had a, an opening day at Oracle Park on Friday and then rainouts uh, Saturday and Sunday and maybe tonight's game would be in jeopardy too because of this because of this rain uh, but you know the the bigger issue obviously well the big issue in the world is is really the health and safety of people during the coronavirus it feels weird sometimes to just talk about sports in this regard because they're not critical to the big picture but so many people uh, are you know, care about sports. And uh, as I mentioned in the introduction, last week, President Trump uh, held a conference call, I believe it might have been Saturday, a conference call with all the sports commissioners uh, talking about bringing sports back to America after uh, the, the virus is contained. And he said he hoped that the NFL season starts on time in September. When Gavin Newsom was asked about that at his daily press conference, he said he doesn't see that happening. And if there's not going to be any football, or at least with people in the stands in September, that pretty much means there might not be a baseball season uh, at all. And uh, I mean, there are various there are variations we're going to talk about, like just for instance, playing without people or playing in neutral sites. But I mean, have have you kind of wrestled with the topic, the idea that there might not be any baseball at all in 2020? Well, to be perfectly honest, I don't see how there could be baseball in 2020. I, I just don't see it. I mean, the president can say what he wants, but every community is different, obviously. But we're talking major metros. We're talking, you know, just not New York and San Francisco, L.A., but also Denver and Kansas City and everywhere in between. I mean, these are these 
people are standing next to each other at work still, whether it's restaurants or, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, public gatherings of some type, which, uh, you know, we're, we're still frowning uh, upon. And it's, it, it, listen, I mean, can you imagine not just 40,000 people uh, standing side by side, but 25 men in the dugout or, or bullpen standing side by side. I mean, it, we're, we're not up to uh, Korea standards in terms of testing. There's no vaccine. Um, we're, we're talking about uh, one positive, and then all of a sudden everybody comes off the field, like we saw in, in the NBA. And in Japan, so it, it, yeah. Well, in Japan, and you know, it happened with the, the Hanshin Tigers with with three positives on one team, and and so they delayed that, and they're going to give it a whirl in Korea. Um, they're a little further ahead of us in terms of testing, and the numbers are way down compared to where we are. Uh, they got ahead on this early, but um, but but listen, I mean, it's it's you know half, half the people. I don't know the numbers, but those who carry don't always have symptoms. So, right. you know, you're a second baseman and the shortstop might be carrying it, but you don't know you're turning a double play and you're high five and coming off the field. And I, I just don't see it, Henry. I mean, do you see baseball in 2020? Yeah, I'm beginning to think there won't be uh, another jarring thing that was said uh, was an article that Ken Rosenthal put out in the athletic uh, with uh, some of his colleagues. And, you know, we've we've heard about this notion of playing baseball in front of no people, uh, in uh, maybe even in neutral sites, like maybe having the whole season in Arizona. There are eleven ballparks in Arizona if you count Chase Field and all the spring training park. In theory, you could have twenty-two uh, teams playing at the same time, and then have some night games uh, with uh, you know the other people playing, but. Ken actually said that this is something that's been tossed around in baseball. But if you're not going to bring people together uh, in a stadium to watch baseball, number one, like you said, the players could be in jeopardy. Number two, these players would all be quarantined. That was the idea in one section of Arizona. Well, they're going to be living in hotels. And the people are going to be working in hotels and going home to their families and coming back. And uh, so they're going to have to get on a bus with a bus driver who's going to be with his family or her family and then having to come back. So are we going to have to quarantine bus drivers and desk clerks and and the like? It, it just seems to me that while the notion of playing with nobody in the stands is, you know, I mean, it's it's an interesting idea uh, if if the fans are in danger of getting sick. It, it seems like you say the players are still in danger of, of getting sick. And I know, I mean, I hate the idea of not having baseball again, but, you know, maybe it is the best solution. I mean, we haven't, we, I mean, nothing has upset baseball. World War One didn't il- eliminate baseball. World War Two didn't eliminate baseball. Uh, and it, it might take a, a pandemic like this to, to eliminate it. And, uh, I, I root for it. I root for it to come back. I root for some of the other sports, but you know, I'm, I'm finding it hard to believe, just like you. And 9/11 was just set back one week. Right. 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 Um, in fact, that was the year of the Diamondbacks and and Yankees. Mr. November, Derek Jeter and Bonds. You know, hit 73 home runs. 
but you talk about empty stadiums. Baseball, they get their money from TV. Uh, that wouldn't be a, a major setback for them when they, you know, mostly speak of money. Um, because if, like we're talking about playing in Arizona, these are only eight or nine or 10,000 seat facilities anyway. Um, but uh, speaking with a couple of giant pitchers who actually played in that 2015 game in Baltimore that was played with no fans, the only right. one in history because of civic unrest in Baltimore, Jeff Samarja, Kevin Gausman. But uh, Samarja told me, he says, I, I just wouldn't recommend it because so much of baseball is, you're, you, you know, you, you feed off the energy of your fans. Um, even if you have eight or 10,000 in the crowd, uh, you know, maybe Tampa Bay, right? Uh, candlestick back in the old days, but, um, you know, 40,000, 30,000 in San Francisco. Now you, you feed off that. And that, that, that's sort of, <laughs> there's a reason you have a home field advantage or home court advantage in basketball. But, uh, Gausman said that it, it was the only time in his life that he didn't play in front of fans. He said, even in T-ball, your mom and dad show up. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't know that I agree with Jeff on that. Just, I didn't mean to interrupt, but mm-hmm. I mean, I think that people can get used to anything. I mean, look at us. We're all getting used to living our lives inside our houses uh, and not uh, going to restaurants and not going into offices. I think we could get used to that. I think the players could get used to that. And I think they could be convinced that while they're missing something with having fans not being in the stands, uh, it, it would be important for the morale of Americans who love baseball so much, or football, or, or, or sport for that matter. But like we talked about in the beginning, to me, it always it all comes back to safety. You're exactly right. And uh, Gavin Newsom actually said it's, um, you know, it's not it's not going to be, uh, you know, sports and then society. It's going to be society then sports. In other words, you know, people are going to have to go back to work first. The hospitals will have to get more normal first. And then and only then can you talk about, you know, playing ball. Um, that is all secondary. As I keep going back to Buster Posey in his final interview in spring training, he says, uh, um, you know, let uh, let them figure everything else out first and then they can figure out baseball. Um, but uh, you know what? I, and both you and I were there the final days in Scottsdale. And, uh, you know, just, just going back to baseball for a moment, um, it, it, and, and again, like Posey and everybody else in the world says, it, it is secondary. But but uh, I really would have liked to see this team, Henry. Yeah. Um, you know, there was so much to look forward to. I mean, you know, we invest a month of or month and a half of our lives. They do. Everybody does, fans, just to see what this team could do with the new coaching staff. Um and, you know, the core guys were, were healthy and mostly raking in terms of the hitters, Crawford and Posey. Um, you know, Crawford doesn't usually start off so well, but he was hitting almost 400. Uh, Longoria was playing well. Uh, Belt was getting his game. Samarja was looking good, so much better than a year ago when he was coming off the shoulder. Cueto coming off the Tommy John a day before uh uh, you know, the announcement that there would be no more baseball, uh, Cueto was named the opening day starter. <laughs> yeah. But beyond all that, I mean, you had the young guys like uh, uh, Dubon and Yastrzemski, the first time they were going to play a full season. Uh, maybe Dickerson was going to be healthy. Uh, and two guys that really stood out uh, that, uh, that I recalled, Darren Ruff and, 
you know, who played in Korea the last few years, big home run guy, and he hit some monsters. Uh, Zach Green as well. So, you know, how, how would the how would the bullpen have played out? Um, that was the really the unknown. Who was going to be the closer of anybody? Who was going to be the setup guy? Uh, so those last two weeks, as you know, Henry, there's so much news that we that we weren't uh, able to report on because it never happened. But the roster breakdown, the lineup options, uh, who's going to lead off, uh, how much was Posey going to play? Um, maybe we would know more about Joey Bart and whether he was going to play some first base in, in Sacramento. But you know, all those things got to. Or on hold for quite a while now. Yeah, the the one thing I think about in terms of the Giants, if we are going to talk about baseball, is if you're a rebuilding team like them, on one hand, you're not going to be hurt too much by uh, guys with long-term contracts who are part of your future losing a year, uh, because the guys who do have long-term contracts on the Giants were sort of nearing the end anyway. What I keep thinking about is there's a rebuild going on, and uh, it's, it, it goes beyond seeing whether Bart could play first base. I mean, you know, it, without baseball, you have Joey Bart is not going to get the reps behind the plate. Uh, Elliot Ramos is not going to get the at-bats. Seth Corey and Sean Jelly are not going to get the innings. And you wonder if uh, the entire rebuild is going to be put back a year. And again, I mean, I, it's weird just to talk about this stuff in light of people who are dying, sure. but, but people are interested in this. Um, is it gonna is it gonna set the uh, the rebuild back? Uh, I'm doing a mailbag, and I was taking questions on Twitter this morning before we started recording. Somebody asked me if Hunter Pence will ever play another in, uh, get another at bat for the Giants. You have a bunch of guys like that who are either on one year major league contracts, like like Pence is, um, or Gausman, uh, and then you have guys like you mentioned, like Ruff, um, who. Are, are you know we're here on minor league deals and uh, we just spent a whole spring training writing about these guys and if the whole season is lost it, it's going to be it's almost going to be like a, a, a bunch of history uh, of what we saw and what we could have saw you know is, is it like totally wiped out and um, it's just weird it's just weird to contemplate uh, all that um, we're going to have a draft that may only have five rounds in it I mean it's going to be something unusual that we we've never seen and and you know even if there is baseball it's going to be i mean let's say somehow they come up in in july or august with some sort of way to play a shortened season that extends out into the winter or whatnot it's going to be different and um, you actually you wrote this before kind of the severity of this became like in, in full view and we really started to realize before Newsom's comments that maybe there won't be baseball this year you you wrote about an idea you had to sort of jump start the game and um it's it, pretty fascinating why don't you uh, talk about that and oh i just did a talk about question um may i ask you to <laughs> may i ask you to explain what it is that uh, that you were writing about uh, you mean the playoff format yeah, that i suggested yeah, yeah. so I, I can go now from glass half empty to glass half full and suggest there will be baseball. Right. And if there is, um, I, I just, I, I wrote about this the other day and I, I just made the point. I said, you know, why narrow down your playoff teams? It, it, it's, it's the right time to bring, you know, uh, positive vibes and joy and hope to every market. So let everybody in the playoffs, let 30 teams in the playoffs, let the giants in the playoffs, no matter what their record is. So, 
you know, I suggested, I said, well, listen, best case scenario, I'm guessing, if, um, you know, we flatten the curve a little bit more and testing becomes more of a reality for all uh, and, and we get behind this a little better, then, then suddenly you say, okay, so let's start in August. Let's have a little spring training in July. Um, go back to Florida, go back to Arizona and make it work. And again, you know, who knows, right? But if it did, why not this format? Um, Arizona teams, you stay in Arizona for two months. You play there. Same with Florida. You have 15 teams. You could play each other four times and come away with 56 games over two months. And then, you, you know, you're going to have your final standings, and that's going to, you know, help um, – you know, base the playoff format and, you know, follow along, Henry. So here's the format. <laughs> uh, it, it, we all know the World Baseball Classic has pool play. So uh, in Arizona with 15 teams, you could divide those 15 into three pools. And then um, you you have a round robin. So you're playing five games. And from those five games, the top two teams will advance to the next round plus a couple of wild cards. Uh, so, you, you know, so it's two, four, six, seven, eight teams are left. So now you can go into a bracket, you know, uh, like, uh, like, uh, like the March Madness, right? The NCAA. So the top two teams in every pool advanced, that's six plus two wild cards, that's eight. So now you're down to some best of fives. Well, the first best of five will give you four teams. Next best of five will give you two teams right so those two teams would uh in florida and those two teams in arizona would have a, a best of five at uh, where the diamondbacks play and the marlins play they're big league ballparks right so now you're down to two and you have a world series best of seven where do you play well what's in between those two states where you could bus and not fly oh my well, the rangers are opening a new oh, ballpark okay uh, it's got a roof uh it's not that close to omaha it might be though um <laughs> Arlington, Texas, you know, they were supposed to open a new ballpark this season, open it with the World Series. So uh, you do the math. Um, so everybody is in the fewest games you could play is for the most. If every series went the best of five, five, the best of seven, seven, the most games you'd play is 26. You're in and out in a month. And, um, you know, again, this is a, a lot of high hopes, but uh, just uh, trying to be creative with the format to be all inclusive at a time where all inclusive is a you know it could be a good thing well i want to ask you what a little bit I, I i have some thoughts i have some thoughts and i'll get why don't we get to do a little break here and we'll get to them right after this get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of tom brady a netflix live event happening may 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Henry Shulman here with John Shea on the Giants Splash. We were just talking about his sort of world baseball classic plan to have a you know a, a season in Florida in Arizona have a round robin then have a elimination brackets then have a final four in Texas and you know when I read the story and and hearing you talk about it 
you could, you know, you could have a situation, a crazy situation, where maybe not one of the elite teams ends up winning the World Series championship. Maybe a team that has uh, some, uh, you know, it's just some younger pitchers who just happen to get hot, or or a few guys who get hot over a one or two month period. We've seen this a lot in baseball, where uh, you know, some somebody at the beginning of the year hits. Uh, you know, 25, 20, 25 home runs by June 15th, and then is never heard from again. Um, I mean, do you given any thought, uh, just speaking about the local teams, first of all, about how the Giants and A's might do in a, in a kind of tournament like that? Well, yeah. Well, first of all, um, you say, well, why have a regular season? Uh, one thing I didn't mention is um, in pool play, if you're going to play four games, um, so you just have to be hot for a week to advance to the final 16. Uh, you, you're going to imagine some teams two and two. Well, what if, what if, uh, you know, what's the tiebreaker? Well, the tiebreaker is a regular season record. That's why right. the regular season is important. Um, and then if, if you have identical, then it's head to head or whatever, you know, so you could break it down any number of ways. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the A's have a, uh, wonderful young rotation. Um, it's, it's not like, it's not like the 14 world series where Bumgarner is going to carry you because you're going to have to win, um, you know, some, some games and maybe go three and one and, you, and you're going to be playing every day. So it's not like Bumgarner can come back and, you know, pitch three times in, in, the, in pool play. Um, you're going to have to be deep with the rotation. And th- th- that might be um, a Giants weakness going in because, uh, you know, who knows about that rotation um, beyond Samarja or even Cueto. Um, you know, the number five guy, uh just had ACL surgery, right? I mean, not that you would need a number five guy in pool play because it's only four games, but, but yeah, it's, it's just the hottest team. As we all know, the 10, 12 and 14 giants, how many times were the giants actually favored in any of those series? Zero. So it's, so it's a matter of just getting hot at the right time. You look back at 2010 and how awful they were in August. And it's just like, this is, this is just a rotten team. And then let's come one, the first game in September, and they just had a great month, and then that carried over to a splendid um, uh, October, and that carried over to three championships in in, in five years. So, uh, yeah, maybe the best teams, you know, as we know with the Dodgers every year, uh, are not going to win at all. And and by the way, Mookie Betts, is he going to be a Dodger? I thought he was straight to the Dodger. He might not ever play with the Dodgers. Yeah, that's that's an amazing. I mean, that's an amazing aspect of all of this. Uh, is that when, it, it, whether the season is lost completely or partly, uh, you're going to have tr- you're going will have had trades like that where the Dodgers actually gave up some decent prospects after the whole mess with the three way trade with the Twins. They they gave away a, a good young uh, shortstop, a good young catcher. To the to the Red Sox, and they could get zero games out of Mookie Betts. And um, I don't know. I've seen some speculation, and that's all it is that uh, that the Giants could could make a run at Betts. Now, who knows? Maybe he feels an obligation to uh, sign with the Dodgers after they traded for him. Maybe um, you know he, he just likes being a Dodger for whatever that is in 2020. Um, and and uh, but the Giants are a team that does have financial health that can weather uh, something like a full season closure, maybe more than some other teams, not just because of the wealth of their partners, but because of their business plan, because of the revenue they could generate from uh, the new project they have going on in, in, Pier, in Pier 48. 
uh, I'm sorry, at lot C, so uh, lot A, uh, you wonder if uh, even if the Giants' rebuild is set back, that maybe uh, this might be a time for them to strike and maybe get some of the free agents they might not be able to get otherwise. And I mean, now we're really kind of talking in fantasy land here um, because there's so many variables in this, but. Um, could you imagine them going after a Mookie Betts or, or somebody like that and then just sort of fill in with the young guys as they come in? Well, if they're going to go after Bryce Harper, they can go after everybody. And they have a history of pretty much going after everybody, but always finishing runner-up, right? Yeah. And sometimes that's that's been a good thing because uh, the guy they wanted for big money didn't necessarily pan out. Um, one of them is with the Yankees right now. But, exactly. uh, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it's... Um, you're talking this roster and you're talking obviously 2021 and maybe a sad thing about this is, is um, this was going to be a year that the Posies and Crawfords and Longoria's and belts, they were all going to try to prove themselves under this new coaching staff. And now they're going to be another year into their thirties. So we can say all you want about Joey Bard and these young guys. Well, they'll have their day. But how much time do these other guys have? Yeah. And that's that's the thing, you know. In baseball, see the owners, you know, last week, right when the when the owners and players got together, the union and ownership got together, uh, mapped out this this deal. I mean, I I, I think the, the the owners made out very well. Uh, first of all, they don't have to pay four billion dollars in salaries. They settled on one hundred and seventy million to be spread among. The 30 teams, which is a little less than six million per team. That's not three or four percent. Yeah, three or four percent of what payroll yeah. would have been. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and not only that, now, now they don't have to pay all that money with, 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 you know, 40 rounds of the draft. It's just five rounds, like you said, and it's not all the money isn't even up front like it generally is with these bonuses for top draft picks. It's it's what is it, hundred thousand the first year, and it's going to be staggered and deferred over the course of a few years. I, I think the, the owners made out nicely. I mean, they don't care about service time. It doesn't matter if they're getting a year older, but players who have this little window of opportunity in their athletic careers are losing a year. And those north of 30, it, it's it's really painful. I mean, they're all very rich and they've all succeeded in life athletically. But this is really meaningful to them, uh, you know, finishing uh, strong, finishing their careers on top, uh, doing all those things but but now that's going to be stripped from them and you know again we always go back to this is so secondary you, you don't even see it in the rearview mirror baseball but uh but uh, um posey and crawford and belt their contracts are all going through 2021 longoria through 2022 so this was going to be a big year for all those guys and, and now i don't see it happening at all yeah and you know uh you could talk about uh, how pitchers will have fewer innings in their arms and Hitters will not have had the rigors of the the 2020 season, but you know, father time really has an effect on bodies, uh, as those of us who have had a lot of time in our lives. And you know, you can work out as much as you want to work out. You're still going to be a year older, and I, I do want to use that as an opportunity, real quickly, to plug the story you wrote on sfchronicle.com. It was in the Sunday paper uh, about a day in the life of Brandon Crawford, what he's doing now during the you know, during the hiatus and, and how much he's working, it, it, it's really incredible. Um, I, I wanted to close with uh, something you just alluded to um, about the owners uh, and the players talking together. Uh, I, I think that the one 
I, I don't even want to call it a bright spot because there's no bright spot to this, but the one effect that could have um, a positive outcome for down the road, we were looking at a very contentious new collective bargaining agreement um, negotiation with the players and the owners after the 2021 20, season ended. I mean, for the first time since the 1994-95 strike, uh, we've heard uh, rumblings that who there might actually be a labor stoppage because the nature of uh, free agency has changed. I mean, it's it's shifted so much toward the favor of the team uh, with with the way things are done now in front offices, metrically and whatnot. It, it almost seems now like it would just be a sort of a industrial suicide, if you'll pardon the term, to have any sort of labor stoppage, um, even if they play a t part of a 2020 season or all of a 2021 season. It, it almost seems like these, these people are going to be forced into a room, and uh, given the reality that the country has been through something really uh, tragic and uh, something that has really uh, affected the economy in a bad way, uh, it needs baseball. The players need the owners. The owners need the players. And I'm just wondering if it's possible that the agreements that they've made so far and the amount of time they've been talking about everything, for not just for the economics that they've decided in the short term, but what a season would look like if it came back, what a spring training would look like. They've been in the room together, figuratively, I presume, uh, talking about this. Maybe we get a new labor agreement um, sort of uh, just for the sake of the health of the industry uh, for, you know, from 2022 to 2026 uh, and get this settled out with a, without a work stoppage uh, since we've had a work stoppage now. you have any optimism about that? Oh, yeah. I mean, can you imagine one game being missed because of a lockout or a strike under, you know, this climate or environment? Uh, absolutely not. I mean, uh, they know, the owners remember, the players might not, but 94, 95, long time ago, but some of these owners were, were still around, including the Giants guys. Um, they lost a lot of fans uh, because the millionaires couldn't come to an agreement with the billionaires uh, on how to divide all their wealth. And that's sort of what this is about, you know, whether it's the extended arbitration rules or whatever. All that stuff is really meaningless. Uh, at the very least, they could just you know, maybe just a, a shorter deal instead of five years, call it two or three, just to move on uh, and and sign off on a, a deal so there wouldn't be any labor strife or uh, harsh words between each other. I mean, you and I both covered the 94, 95 uh, strike and it just went on forever. And it was an embarrassment on both sides. And you just don't want to see that again for one day in this environment, because if you do, you would lose millions of fans again and um you know fans need baseball people need baseball as as an escape as their fantasy land as their diversion now more than ever and that was the case after like you mentioned the world wars after 9 11 um and uh and on and on so uh, yeah i don't see that as being an issue anymore you know that used to be huge headlines i mean what we considered big news then is, is just no longer, uh, you know, a speck of um, uh, importance based, engaged on the reality of the times. 
Yeah, yeah. And we I mean we could we could talk about the impacts for an hour if we wanted to, but why don't we cut it off there? We're going to have a lot more podcasts down the road. Uh and just for now, let's uh, just hope that uh what we're seeing in the news the last 24 hours that uh, maybe uh the effects of the virus are not going to be as bad uh in, in a lot of places as maybe first thought and let's just hope that uh, everybody just gets healthy and we can return to our normal lives soon. And I want to thank you for joining me, John. Henry, thanks a lot. And to yourself and everybody listening, be safe. Okay. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Giant Splash. We'll have many, many more in the weeks ahead. The Giant Splash is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Support the Splash and all of the Chronicle's great journalism by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.